0: Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, the Federal Law Enforcement Agency of the United States Air Force.
1: I'm Hannah, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I've been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hello, welcome back, archivists. Welcome back. How is everyone?
0: I'm good. You good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I guess we're gonna get some bad weather tonight, though. Uh, so hopefully yeah. this doesn't interfere with our recording. Oh, oh,
0: that's a good. That's a good point. Um,
1: we'll find out.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you hear some background.
1: Today, I'm going to talk about a new company before we talk about the case. So you tend to send me articles a lot of the time about different cases that you see because you, for some reason, get news on your phone differently. Mm -hmm. And you sent me an article that has to do with this company called Authram. Uh-huh. And so completely not related, by the way, I read that article and I was like, it was a really long article and it, I went down a Rabbit Hole. I posted about it on the story. Uh, if you guys remember, if you follow us on Instagram, if you don't, that's a good place to go follow us right now, True Kim Archives Podcast. But I posted about DNAsolves.com, which is a, a website that this company actually set up. And then as I was researching cases, this case that we're going to talk about actually brought up Othram because Othram... Helps in this. It's a lab. I'll explain it in a second. So it was kind of funny. It was like a completely like, like unrelated, a, like
0: an investigator's intuition or something.
1: Oh, oh, like you sent it to me. I don't know. With, I don't. Yeah, it was just a coincidence. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what author is is they are basically a private forensic lab. So they are the first and only forensic lab to uh, vertically integrate a DNA test and human ID solution. That can identify victims, find missing persons, and reveal perpetrators of crimes. And that is a direct quote from their website, which is just authorum.com. They have leading scientists and engineers that make up their team. Which, by the way, they hire software engineers, which is pretty cool. I didn't know that. I mean, I guess that makes sense, but that's one of the types of jobs that they hire for. They use cutting-edge techniques and algorithms to get the most out of DNA evidence, Authorm is based in Woodlands, Texas, which is just north of Houston, and they use forensic grade genome sequencing, which just helps to better identify a subject from degraded DNA evidence, for example. And they also use kin sn- SNP, which just helps to identify how closely related people are and uses advanced SNP testing, which if you remember, I think I mentioned it was it last week. Yeah. The SNP testing, and I kind yep. of explained what it was. And that was something we had not heard of before. So essentially, uh, it's just a private lab, like I said, that helps to solve cold cases for law enforcement. They also help to raise money, which is what I posted about, to do all of this testing. So typically, the lab testing is $5,000. That's like minimum, right? For the lab testing of this, like of a DNA sample Mm -hmm. to find the genetic genealogy, whatever it is. Right. That's just the 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 lab, the lab. Which is why a lot of the times... It's not It's not being done as, you know, remember when I say, like, why can't we just knock this out one case at a time? It's because it costs this much money mm-hmm. and not every single... So
0: when, when the cops have a little piece of evidence or a little piece of DNA and they say, hey, let's send it in now, it's 20 years later, to extract that and determine what the DNA is, that's five grand, just that right. alone, to say, okay, here's your profile. Right. Then there's experts that start doing the family tree stuff.
1: Right. And that's not even just on top of, like, the d- department is still investigating, so that's man hours and, right, you know, right. pay for them and exactly, all yeah. of that stuff. So they, Othram, set up this dnasolves.com, and you can actually view open cases that they have that they're working for, working towards. And it's kind of like, I don't want to say GoFundMe, but that's kind of like what it is. It shows the picture, um, or if there's, like, a drawing, because they identify John and Jane Doe's as well, so it's not just... Um, unsolved cases mm-hmm. they identify people also mm-hmm. and so you can look at either it's either a, per, a picture of the person or a sketch like a drawing of mm-hmm. them and it will talk a little bit about e- either their name or what they're called and then it tells you how much money has been raised oh. out of the $5000 goal and then you can actually click like donate on each one you can like pick two which one you want to donate to Um, And then you can also help by uh, uploading your DNA sample, your DNA to this. So it's one of those
0: places that aggregates the DNA too. What's the name of the company again?
1: So the lab is called Othram. Okay. And the lab, they are the ones They're that set up this website. Setup, yeah. So it's yes, a private had, lab then. It is a private lab who, yeah. what was it? Crowdfunding? Is that what it was called? Yeah. Like it's web- it's,
0: cra- it's crowdfunding is what it is. It's saying, hey, they, it, help, they yeah. help pay for this.
1: They uh, they compared it to GoFundMe, which is why yeah. I, I said that.
0: Well, cause, right, because it's working yeah. just like that. You showed me the website and it, like it's so simple. Here's a case. Yeah. But do they have all these cases in front of them? Or so- What is it a, sounds pr- like, yes. Or-, or
1: those are but, cases that I think are on their list, but they have to raise that money.
0: So I don't understand that piece. So you can Did, also
1: submit a case to them too. If you have so
0: Oh, so they're doing like right. identification because, stuff too.
1: Right. That's what I said. Yeah, okay, because okay. Remember that's how right. law enforcement you can't just pick up a case. It has to kind of you have to be like private companies, you have to be asked to be in on the Co- case, correct. right? So Other than the family members. So the family members can go to them and say, ah, here's I my gotcha, either gotcha, missing gotcha, yeah. person or whatever. Or law enforcement can go to them and say, hey, we have a Jane Doe yeah, or a John Doe. Yeah, but probably
0: Doe. law enforcement's not going to them probably until they have the five grand.
1: Right. But there are a couple of Jane Doe's and John Doe's on their website right now that you can. So
0: yeah, no, maybe it good. was
1: like a, a per, someone from the, the crime lab or whatever or yeah. someone from the police department was like, hey, like I, f- we found this person.
0: Maybe, maybe they reach out to the police department and say, "Hey, give us, give us a trial run here. Give us a a couple cases. Maybe they hit five departments. They give us your top case, cold case, and we'll put that you need DNA." Okay, that's weird because I feel like a police department could afford five thousand dollars.
1: Maybe not though. Some of these police departments, if they could, they'd be doing this themselves, right? Or like the familial searching, whatever it is, they'd be able to do this, Mm -hmm. or they'd be able to have done this. We're in 2022 now. So this technology, think about it, it's been around for a while, yeah. but it really took off in 2019, 2018. So if that was the case, they, they would have just, again, knocked them out one by one. But again, it's so still manpower are family, hours, So these probably family members and stuff yeah. reaching out. Because so. there is a spot on the website for you to actually submit a case and be like, can you solve this or whatever? And okay. Look All right, at cool. It. So that is... Just a quick little introduction to Othram and DNA Solves. Again, I posted it. And I'll post the, the website again and tag them. They have an uh, Instagram that you can go follow. Mm-hmm. But just, I just think it's really cool. And it's another way to help solve these cases a little bit faster, maybe. And for people that want to get involved. So, like, you know how we were telling people, go do those DNA kits and stuff? This is one you can directly give them to if you feel like helping in that way. So, today's case is one that Othram got involved in and helped, actually. Mm -hmm. We are talking about Patricia Barnes. And this is taking place in Washington, in the Seattle-ish area in Kitsap County, Washington. So at the time of her death in August of 1995, she was just 61 years old, and she was living in Kitsap County, Washington, like I mentioned. Now, her apartment had recently caught on fire. And... Mm -hmm. So at this time, she was living in a few different types of... A few different shelters, more Uh than one shelter, uh, because her apartment caught on fire. Now, in the shelters, she was known as the towel lady because she wore a towel or sometimes a scarf around her head a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. And August 25th, 1995, someone just passing by spotted the body of Patricia Barnes on the side of Peacock Hill Road in South Kitsap County. She was partially covered with a sleeping bag and lots of branches and leaves and a lot of, like, foliage that, like, didn't fit. It was kind of, like, in a ditch off the side of the road, so it was a bunch of, like, foliage and random, like, trash almost that didn't—wouldn't just normally be there, right? So upon arrival, uh, that was pretty apparent to the police that the way she was covered— with all of the trees and branches was like that was specifically put place there. Those trees and leaves and branches would not have normally been there. Now, there was 130 items of evidence taken, okay? And this case is solved. Currently it's just recently solved, however, and they they cite the amazing police work done in the beginning and how they were so thorough. But as deep as I went, I was not able to find 130 items of evidence that they listed for us. I have some. I have the most important things.
0: Yeah, I mean, I. So, I and to be honest, I wrote down sleeping bag, the foliage out of place, and the random trash out of place. So if the police are identifying this foliage doesn't go with the area, they're going to want to collect that, maybe. If the trash is sort of random, doesn't seem like it, they're going to collect that for obvious reasons, you know, fingerprints, DNA, things like that. But it also might give some sort of pattern of life, some location where something might have come from, and then the sleeping bag. Woo boy, that's that's you got DNA potential. You have fibers, trace evidence, a lot of stuff.
1: Yes, and she's partially clothed. She's mostly naked and just has the um, mm-hmm. the sleeping bag over her. She. They also find when they get there, they find like what is described in the articles I read as a second crime scene. Um, about 50 yards away. Okay. And that's where they find uh pink hair curlers and three cigarettes. Th- th- they find three cigarette butts oh, that they specifically nice. take. One of them is on this the sleeping bag though. And then they find more cigarette butts with the hair curlers and they have they were able to determine that those pink hair curlers were actually hers. Okay. So
0: Oh, that's nice. And yeah. they can they, so they had cigarette butts from each location? Yes. Oh, from my that's from beautiful. my understanding. Yeah, so they can connect that's how they connect the two locations together and right. the, the the other pieces belonging to her.
1: So the police say that they believe she was dragged from out of like a bed of a truck because the way that all of these things were kind of just strewn about, yeah. it was as if she was dragged and these things came with her out of the truck.
0: Oh, they were kind of just set up. Okay. Yeah. yeah so
1: they, they believe that she was like, she was dumped here.
0: Oh, like so it would yes. happen somewhere else. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yes. I When they said second crime scene, I was thinking like, that was where she was murdered and this is where she was dumped right but that it just sounds like maybe he just continued dumping stuff um because they they also didn't believe that he was going to just stand there and take a smoke break and get rid of three different cigarettes after placing her body there Mm -hmm. so that's why they believe the cigarette butts were from like the vehicle or whatever and she was dragged out and they came with her
0: ah that's nice yeah Yeah. that's good theory
1: because the investigator the detective was like there's no way he would just stand there and
0: Although, we did a case in Colorado where they the, they had cigarette butts at the dumping location.
1: Yes. But we were we never came to the conclusion on if he was just, if they, uh, if same yeah. thing. Was yeah. he just standing yeah. there smoking? Yeah, we, we talked about that. Are they really that, f- that stupid? I remember
0: we talked about that for a while. Yeah, bad guys are stupid.
1: I mean, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's good that they're stupid. Yeah, but we like,
0: like them when they're stupid.
1: Yeah. And it's always uh, a cigarette butt. It's literally, yeah. when I read this, yeah. remember we said that last Maybe week? Maybe more
0: people quit smoking.
1: And I was reading this and I was like, oh my gosh, it's always the cigarettes.
0: All right, that's awesome. So uh, they're putting all those connections together. Good.
1: There was also a DNA sample on her sleeping bag that they were able to recover. It's unclear what type of DNA, like it it didn't specify if it was like semen or fingerprint or whatever, but it there was a cigarette butt and then just like another type of DNA from the sleeping you bag that trace, they were tracing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they were able to get. Okay. She was also shot twice behind the left ear. And so the coroner's office says that the cause of death is multiple gunshot wounds to the head and manner of death is homicide. Okay. Do you want to rem- remind listeners the difference between those two in case we have new listeners?
0: Yeah, so you're right. So the cause of death is the the disease or the injury. Mm-hmm. Th- those are the two words. The thing, um, and that would be like the the gunshot, mm-hmm. right? Or, or And the bleeding out. The manner of death, that's just categorized, you know, accidental suicide, homicide. There's only like five of those, There's, uh, you know, and right. this one was homicide, you said. So, yep. I mean, I think it's probably an easy conclusion for the coroner to come to. But yeah, yeah. so cause of death, man- manner, it's easy to remember manner of death. Manner of death is, you know, oh, the someone rolled over in a car and, it was you an know, accident. they got- they got suffocated right the manner of death is an accident you know you know that that type of thing but yeah the 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 cause of death the cause is the injury you know right. so maybe in that car scenario for example you know they got crushed they suffocated, they, 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 or what? Su- yeah. suffocated crushed. right exactly
1: okay I just wanted it's easy, to remind no, no, and if we have uh, any new listeners. And I'm glad I've you explained.
0: do that. It's heck. I need to refer to my notes every once in a while. That's a tough one to keep straight.
1: Yeah, and I feel like for those of us that are not the expert, and we are just the ones that watch or listen to, you know, I, investigation discovery or, or these podcasts at home, that probably gets mixed up a lot. Because I've, I think I've, you've corrected me before. Yeah. Or what? No, it was splatter and spatter. Spatter. So there's things that you know the media mm. television has probably yeah. changed in our minds, but that's what you're here for and,
0: and you go you the investigator goes to the autopsy a lot of times to get that information you'll go to it if if you want that inf- information right away right and i i've been to an autopsy where i'm sitting there kind of participate and have a conversation with the coroner that's crazy it, you know i remember the the manner of death was homicide and you know the cause of death was you know knife wound cut in the throat and he was showing me you know he he put the throat together with super glue and he showed me all the cuts and how, how deep it went and which way it went and everything yeah
1: is that the one
0: yeah uh. <laughs> i was just curious you know and then there's other things that emerge too other than just the cause of death why you go to a, an autopsy you know because that particular case i'm talking about the individual was in a in in a fight with somebody Mm -hmm. so they had bruising all over their knees and when at a certain time that starts to come to the surface so you can see that and then so the medical examiner can say oh this person was probably tussling with somebody on the ground they probably had them Mm -hmm. by the neck and then that's when they cut their throat for example you know so there's a lot of a lot of information you get from an autopsy but that's a long way from Cause of death, manner of death. Go right. ahead. That's interesting.
1: <laughs> well, uh, and you, I guess, did a little spoiler. We're waiting for you to get approved to talk about that one, right? Yes. And yes. we, so that's the one we're going to talk about, you guys, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So, back to what I was saying. What was I saying?
0: The cause of okay. death was homicide. Right. That's we ended up.
1: Right. That's where I ended up. So now we also have no the
0: the manner of death. Did you see, <laughs> you see, I did it myself. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. All right.
1: Because we get, I we we get off talking. Because I have my notes, but we talk like past my notes, on that, and that, then I have to f- figure out where I was at. <laughs>
0: yeah, all right.
1: Okay, so then we have a witness. A witness recalls seeing Patricia Barnes leaving one of the shelters that she was staying at with a man in the downtown Seattle area. Uh This witness says that they got the impression that Barnes and this man knew each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Which why did kind of they get that impression? Say that again? Sh-
1: She, The witness just says that they had the impression that Barnes and this man knew each other with probably the way that she just Barnes left with this man somewhere and the way they were interacting. You Uh know how you can watch two people interact with each other? Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha,
0: gotcha. So this is a witness. Yeah,
1: this is a witness that said.
0: No relationship necessarily to.
1: Unclear. Okay. It just says a witness recalls seeing her leaving the shelter. Um, And I mean that kind of makes sense because, like, why would her hair curlers be at the scene in the crime? If yeah. if what the police think is true is that he dragged her out of his vehicle, why would her, well, her hair curl like because the witness he, doesn't say anything about her wearing. I her mean, hair here's curlers. what I'm thinking
0: too. So there was a sleeping bag and hair curlers. Yeah. W- was it her vehicle because it, and was she packed up to go somewhere? True. That's what I was thinking.
1: That is unclear too. Nothing is ever said about her vehicle, or even if she had a vehicle. Because remember she's living in some sh- in some shelters. Yeah, so she her had her apartment. And this is Seattle. This is a city. Do people in Seattle have cars? Nineteen ninety five. Y- yeah.
0: So, well, then clearly there's, there's a sleeping bag, and her. So her curl is lets me to believe that that was probably her sleeping bag too. She was because you said living out of shelters, right? Yes. So it could have been somebody that offered to help her out, maybe give her a place to stay or something like that, or somebody right, from yeah. the shelter or something. Okay. But yeah, all right.
1: Now, uh, because of the similarities, even though she doesn't fit the profile, police do believe for some time that the serial killer Robert Lee Yates was uh, responsible because he was uh, running around Seattle at this uh, time.
0: Oh wow, this comes up a lot in our podcast.
1: Robert like, Robert Lee, Robert Lee, Lee Yates. N- no, somebody oh, other others, famous yeah. has been accused
0: yeah. of our obscure <laughs> case that we do. You know, and
1: it's always coincidental too. Like I'll be yeah. reading and doing my research, and I'm like, oh no way.
0: Like something we just talked about or something, you know?
1: Yeah. They thought that he could have been responsible. Uh, Again, like I said, she wasn't his typical uh, victim. But it it did have similarities in the manner of which she was killed and or the cause, I guess. Did I say that right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, but ultimately was ruled out because he had actually been stationed at Fort Rucker in Alabama at the time of her murder, which he was in the military. I don't think I knew that.
0: Station at Fort Rucker, that's an army base, right? I guess right? so. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, that's a different different conversation. But I didn't. I who didn't know who that. was who was stationed? Robert Lee Yates. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, okay. Yeah,
1: he's a serial killer. Okay. From the the Seattle. After this, the case really goes nowhere and goes cold for a while because they really don't have anything else at this point. By the way, I'm thinking it could be someone from a shelter too. Mm-hmm. You know, because the witness says that. She saw uh, they saw them leaving Patricia and this man leaving the shelter together. So, like, could it yeah, have been someone so in the shelter, too? In someone, which case,
0: yeah, either someone working or volunteering, or right. somebody fall to there. And, and yeah, you have to have a reason to go in there uh, probably a worker, volunteer, or something like that. Maybe
1: now, uh, law enforcement they do interview like everyone from what it looks like. From, from what I can shelter. see, they interviewed a ton of different people because mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about what they do in 2018. But in all the other articles talking about at the time, it doesn't say who they interviewed, but I'm assuming it is everyone from the shelters, people who worked there, her friends, everything. So they did interview quite a bit of people. So the case goes cold. And then in 2018, the cases reopened in an attempt to start working on Uh, cold cases.
0: How many years have gone by then?
1: So 1995 to 2018. That's 20. How old was I? (laughs) Yeah, because this was um, actually like 10 days after I was born. Um,
0: 2018, 23. three.
1: Isn't it 23?
0: Yeah. No, 22. Okay, 22. 22 or 23. Jesus, I was trying to go off a, of when isn't I had a math Evelyn. Podcast.
1: <laughs> we always end up doing math, though. <laughs> You're trying to make me do math right now, Dad.
0: <laughs> All right, 22. Either 23, way, 23 I can tell you right by. now, it's been 26 so it's, years. It sits in the box in the basement for 23 years, and Then they say, "What? Hey, let's look at cold cases."
1: Yeah, this is an attempt, and we hear this a lot. Like police departments will be like, "We got to start working on cold cases." And
0: it's also possible that police departments got money through Homeland Security or through other type of terrorism funding, and they budgets grew, Mm -hmm. right? And so they, you know, they put money. They were able to put money towards uh, cold case teams and hire detectives or. Hire additional tech detectives, right. and then some were assigned the cold cases.
1: Well, we're also in Washington, and more than half, I think, of the genetic genealogy cases we've done have taken place in Washington. Yeah. So I think maybe they just have like a bigger budget mm-hmm. or something. They got they came into some money somewhere because we've talked about Seattle and Washington in general quite mm-hmm. a bit, have we not? Yes. So, uh, but that makes sense. And then, of course, 2018 is also the same year as the Golden State Killer case being solved. So. That was a big. Oh, I totally I think, forgot. So,
0: yeah, yeah well, I, why didn't we say that? Like, oh, hey, let's let's go into yeah. our cold cases and see what we have. And yeah. Let's try this genealogy thing.
1: It kind of sound, sounds what it. So, before they do that though, they do. So, they they investigators start from like the beginning and they go back to talk to the original detectives that worked the case. So they interview oh, them. Nice. They um, go back and interview, re-interview every single witness that they were able to interview. These guys back. get their crap together, man. Yeah. Uh, They go back over through all of the crime scene photos, all of the evidence that they have, 130, what did I say, 130 pieces of uh, evidence from the crime scene that they have. And they eventually end up sending out to the Washington State Patrol Crime Lab and two different private out-of-state labs the three sources of DNA that was identified as coming from one person. Uh-huh. So those three, like those the cigarette butts, the the DNA that came uh-huh. from the sleeping bag, they were yeah. able to determine that that was all one one profile, one person. Okay. So they send that out to be tested. So
0: sleeping bag, cigarette butt,
1: and uh, whatever else, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, but there I know there's three cigarette butts, but I know there's also there was also DNA on thing. So that's the a thing. smart so move. They're
0: connecting everything together. Yeah, that's a smart move.
1: So they send it out, um, and they do check CODIS. However, as always. Nothing comes back from CODIS. Uh, honestly, what is what what is the purpose of CODIS?
0: <laughs> remember, that's a good question. But remember, known bad guys. Okay. If you haven't been caught, if you haven't <laughs> been arrested, <laughs> you you wouldn't be in CODIS. <laughs> unless we'll find out. Unless it was happened it happened before ninety one, ninety nine one, right?
1: Nope. I don't know how he this dude evaded it then, because I'll okay. tell you about that in a second. All right. So and then Um, In August of 2020, a search warrant is carried out for a DNA material out of Houston, Texas. But that subject is ruled out when their DNA does not match the profile detectives have from the 1995 crime scene. Now, in multiple articles, both of these things are listed as happening first before they go to Othram. Uh, So uh, it's unclear to me which one happened first. If they checked CODIS or if they served the search warrant, I guess is really not are that important? I'm just letting you
0: know. I, I'm willing to bet Codus went first because the, the judge might have wanted that, you know, for probable cause.
1: For the search warrant for the DNA. And, uh, which, uh, yeah. Maybe,
0: well, not for probable cause, but just to rule it right, out. You right,
1: right, right. Right, makes sense. Also, the person, because obviously he, what, the person wasn't a match, the person whose DNA they got in Texas, we, uh, there's no name for that person, so, because they were cleared, their DNA didn't match, but there was someone that they served a search warrant for, for his, their DNA. Okay,
0: let's, hold on for a second.
1: In 2020.
0: So in eighteen, they they sent stuff to the lab and they said, "We everything's the same DNA. It's a male profile."
1: Uh, it didn't say that. It just said that it belonged to one person coming from one person. Uh, I'm assuming it's a male pro DNA profile, though. So they went and verified
0: the, that because or the
1: person that is that committed the crime is yeah. a man. So
0: okay, so what happened after that? What did they do with that DNA?
1: So that's what, so they put that in CODIS. Okay. Yeah. And
0: nothing in CODIS. Right. And then.
1: And then again, I don't know if it was one or the other. because okay. the, the articles cite both of them as happening first. And
0: and then they search the search wa- the a search warrant.
1: And then they execute a search warrant again. Either one happened or the so, other happened. They got he was in
0: CODIS then probably. Who? The bad guy. They execute the search He's not warrant. In CODIS. Oh.
1: This no. This person is not the bad guy.
0: Oh, why they executed a search just, warrant, though? So,
1: but did you listen? I, no, executed... I, I
0: don't. That's, that's part of the podcast.
1: <laughs> okay, let me reread what I wrote, <laughs> and the rest of you guys can tell me if you heard me say this. Okay, they served a search warrant for DNA material out of Houston, Texas. That subject is ruled out when their DNA does not match the profile that detectives have from the 1995 crime scene.
0: And, of course, they're not... You so know, I don't not have a name. That's what I was saying. We're not going to get much information, name. but I'd like to know why. Yeah. So a search warrant means... They had probable cause to believe that his DNA was going to result back to the to the crime scene. Right. So maybe his fingerprint was on something. Maybe he worked at the store that sold the 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 something. I don't know. Then okay. Yeah. Uh, See, without that information, we we don't know. That's a bummer. But but, they're, you, but they're it's not null and void. Give us, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's null and void. Move that aside. Yeah. So they still have. I
1: just thought that was interesting because a search warrant is a thing you have to go in front of a judge for, right? You have to yeah. present them with evidence. So that is yeah. a a kind of a big thing. No,
0: no. You present them with probable cause. Oh, pro- right, probable yeah. cause.
1: After these two things don't pan out, this is when investigators go to Othram Labs. So they it does specify that they went to Othram Labs mm-hmm. in, this, okay. in this case. Cool. Uh, like I said, this is where the forensic grade genome sequencing and forensic genealogy is done to find genetic relatives to the DNA profile that they have from the crime scene. So in December of 2020, so about a year later, Othram Lab Labs give detectives the name of Douglas Crone, who was 33 years old at the time of the murder. Um, it first originally came back that he was the s- first or second cousin to the profile that they were testing, and then that's how they got. So they found his, like, the first or second cousin first, yeah. and then they were able to find him. Now, he just so happens to have a criminal history and connections in Seattle and Tacoma.
0: Okay, because remember, we've said this right. a hundred times, right?
1: Because it's a lead.
0: It, right? Well, now... Right, and they have to do background. Mm -hmm. So, okay, first of all, is he from the area? Was he in Mm -hmm. the area? Yep. And they determined that? Yep. And they determined that he was in the area at the time?
1: Yep. Um, And he had five felony convictions. Oh, so so bad guy. Let's talk about CODIS for a second. So, 1984, this is before CODIS, but 1984 was his uh, conviction of first-degree robbery. And then in 1994, he has an arrest for second-degree kidnapping in Pierce County.
0: Yeah, that's, that's like borderline. I don't know that we were... It, it so could they weren't it putting slipped. things
1: in, in codes for kidnapping?
0: No, I'm just saying, it, early 90s is when that came on board, and it might not have been to every state yet. It is possible it slipped by. Okay, when's the next conviction? So those are the only two that, um, that I yeah, have information just, on, but he, he has just, five felony convictions. Yeah, he just slipped under the radar with that.
1: <sighs> they all do, apparently. All of these ones do. I told you,
0: I didn't start taking DNA on, on bad guys, uh, people that I read the rights to, until probably halfway through my career, which you know in the thousands probably was that 2000s. different
1: though for federal yeah, than yeah, state yeah you asked me
0: that before probably yes, yes. <laughs> because you guys yes.
1: i feel like you guys would have had it first though Maybe
0: so not. policy has to catch up too oh, right yeah. so our policy how I we did that i remember you said that before how, yeah. how we did that you know so yeah. it's safe to say now that it's done 100% <laughs> yeah but but hope so. early 90s yeah it's it's possible he snuck by
1: that's crazy yeah Kitsap County investigators actually find out that Crone had passed away in September, or died. I'm sorry, passed away. I guess it's too nice to say. He died in September of 2016. They worked with the Nogales Arizona Police Department and the Pima County Medical Nogales. Yeah. Oh, have you been? Do you know how to pronounce that? Yeah. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Nogales Arizona Police Department and Pima County Medical Examiner's Office in Tucson, Arizona, to get a sample of the biological material from his postmortem exam. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, they reach out, they find out that he died, and they they reach out to these two departments to get some DNA from him, from when he, from his...
0: Because there's no warrant necessary. Do you know why? He's dead. Right. And you lose your expectation of privacy when you become
1: dead. Right. Uh, And he actually died of accidental electrocution, is that what (laughs) it's called? He something had <laughs> yeah, he had a couple neighbors helping him install like a plug or a light or something. Oh my gosh. And they got electrocuted and uh the neighbors were okay, but he died from it.
0: Wow. Yeah. Karma.
1: I, I was gonna say God God works in mysterious ways sometimes. <laughs> I'm against the death penalty, but that you know yeah, that's, okay. it happens naturally.
0: <laughs> okay, so they got his DNA.
1: Yep. And then in January of 2022, the sample is sent to the Washington State Patrol Crime Lab in Seattle for testing against their crime scene profile that they have. Uh And then February of 2022, so last month, the results came back that his DNA was, in fact, a match for all of the DNA left at the crime scene in 1995. So they were able to conclusively say that he is the murderer and they were able to reach out to Patricia's family and let them know.
0: Wow. Let me let me yeah. throw let me throw let me just throw this in there. I've brought this up before. Technically, all that proves is he was there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: As I was saying it, I knew you were going to say <laughs> you that. you knew I was going to say that? Yeah, I was I knew you were going to say
0: that. <laughs> yeah. I I I mean, it was out in the woods. Okay. I mean, I think I think it's but. it's enough to close the case and, you know, but
1: let me see one of these articles. I want to quote what the detective says, because I have a detective actually quoted in a couple of these articles saying that what they actually have is better than a confession.
0: OK. All right. So yeah, let's, that's, this I, is important. Let's yeah. Let me see
1: it. if I can get that quote from which article and see what you think of it. Um, also, though, the sketch that we have, because we did have a sketch. I forgot to mention that the witness was able to give a sketch. I'll put that sketch up on um, Instagram he does look exactly like yeah, so They did a, a key, good job. Okay, so Hannah, that's sorry, a key piece I'm, you
0: forgot to tell us. So now, here I am, you know, acting all, you know, <laughs> victim, uh, accused, the rights of the accused, you know, like I'm a defense attorney and, and you forgot that key piece I'm so, of I'm information. So, I'm so sorry. Yeah.
1: Um, well, there's
0: no need. I mean, if if he looks like him, but that just... What? I mean, It's it's good. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying, like,
1: so, the, Detective Grant, this is not this is not the one that I was thinking of, but this is what Detective Grant says in this article: the linchpin for the evidence was a cigarette butt that was found at the body duplication. The evidence of the body could mean one of two, three different things. But when you have a cigarette butt with the DNA and the DNA on her body and on items around her body, it was conclusive to me that we had the right guy. That's that was the quote that I was right.
0: looking for.
1: So that's what Detective Grant, who was one of the ones that worked the case, says.
0: Was it determined she was sexually assaulted?
1: That was never I could not find that It Mm. said that she was Basically naked But there was no
0: Right None of these articles Said that You know His DNA Also no one
1: knows How they uh, Nobody knows How they were connected Or came to meet That's still unknown Also
0: Okay so The sketch Looks just like him His DNA was on The cigarette butt And it was on It it was on her Mm -hmm. And she ended up dead a reasonable person in the court and the jury would would convict would convict him.
1: Here's the quote I was looking for from detective. It's the K- he's Kitsap County Sheriff's Office detective Mike Grant. He told people having evidence that links the deceased victim of a homicide to the scene where she was found was almost better than a confession. Mm, okay. Yeah. I can see how you think that, though, because yeah. I was the same way. And Well, I,
0: I, I, I'm good for the conviction. I'm just throwing stuff out there for right. people. You, you well, know. I was going to
1: say maybe because you, being a federal agent, do you guys have a little bit more strict? Like you have to make sure you have it to the T a little bit more, no, maybe? No, that's just me. I'm just oh, okay. like that. <laughs> but it,
0: that. here's the thing. There's a lot. Y- y- it's the totality of it. Usually I'm like that, and yeah. I'm asking you questions it's like It's the that. totality of it, right? Now, if... Let's say the dead body was found in the room of a house mm-hmm. and all those same things exist, right? But there was a house party there that night. Eh, it might be it yeah. might be a little bit harder. I
1: mean, I can but you, I can you know see what I'm it, saying? well it's out it's outside and there was a bunch of like random foliage and stuff and yeah. so I can see how someone could question that and be like well, no, people I mean, smoke cigarettes and they get the the wind no, takes them. That,
0: that's like what what was he doing there if he wasn't killing her? Right. right? right well he's probably right. sexually assaulting her. But like that's the point. back to my scenario I made I I uh made up, right?
1: I'm gonna show you the picture.
0: You know, somebody goes in, the same scenario exists. Someone goes in, smokes a cigarette with the with the young lady, and then sexually assaults her, leaves, another person goes in, another guy goes in and tries to do the same thing, and mm-hmm. she defends herself and then he kills her. And mm-hmm. walks out of there. His DNA is not necessarily on there. However, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, however, you know, science will argue that his DNA will be there. So it, it's good. I'm just food for thought. You know, the cigarette butt. I mean, that's really convincing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's enough of that. Hold tangent. on, I want to show you a
1: picture real quick, right here. Because here
0: my scenario doesn't work necessarily. Because if there's a second person, right? If there's a second person, then technically they should find DNA. And they did good good Which evidence very collection. very
1: well might have been what happened from that other search warrant. That's the thing. Remember, they yeah, served yeah. a search warrant to get no. DNA. So, what, they, so that could have been the case, too. Like
0: Remember I said they had the sleeping bag? They, they yeah. would have found someone else's DNA if there was a second person. Yeah. So I'm just kind of being cheeky about it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That. Yeah, that's pretty close. Yes. And how old is he in this this picture? The updated picture.
1: Um. So this picture, I believe, is his conviction from 1994, and that. Oh. Kid, that, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so that would be just the year before. 25. So he was 33 years old at the time of Patricia's oh, that's murder. Right. That's
0: right. He's dead. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now he's now he's dead.
0: Well, good. A bad guy away, and we don't have to have pay for court.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
0: All right. Awesome.
1: Yeah. So that was it. Again, uh, I encourage you guys to go check out Othram's website and then go check out the dnasolves.com, especially if you really enjoy listening to these uh, episodes that we do and learning about the genetic genealogy and if you are interested in um, helping in any way. Okay, Othram doesn't have an Instagram, but their website DNA Solves does and it's literally just DNA Solves and then you can go to the website it's just dna com. is just too. Othram.com, too o t h r a m.com and you can see the cases that they currently have up uh, they've they also they actually um, they dna solves have posted about candy rogers remember we talked about her so that you know they have a hand they have a hand in a lot of the genetic genealogy cases and the this new forensic advancement they have their hands um, in it pretty deep. So I encourage you guys to go look at their website and just take a look and see. It's pretty interesting. It was interesting to read about it. I also linked that article that you sent me, Dad, on our the story that I did. So uh-huh. I'll redo Good. that so okay. in case you guys missed it. So thank you guys for listening you can follow us on instagram at true crime archives podcast and that's where you'll see whenever i post these things because i don't necessarily post them like again dad sent me that article before Mm -hmm. i found this case to talk about so i posted that before this so you guys can follow us there and then we're on twitter at tc archives pod same thing there i post pretty much the same updates there and i think that's it we'll talk to you guys next week
0: later